Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thanks, Rick. Good afternoon, everyone. Good, uh, good being together. Listen, I know that that might feel like like announcement overload, but there's just a lot in this season that we want to invest in you. We're calling you even with Alpha to invest in other people, to invest in their souls, to invest in their lives. But with everything else that Rick has shared this morning, we want to invest in you as our church family because ultimately what we desire to see for all of us is that we would step into that fullness of life that Jesus so desires for us. Um, I, I was saying, you know, one of the, particularly with the marriage course, please, please, please prioritize it. I was saying this in the first service. You know, it's really important just to allow us just to frame some of those conversations. I had a really busy weekend. Um, yesterday or Friday and Saturday morning, I was uh, up with Laura's Connections training, doing some of the Bible, teaching it at. They start each day with like a Bible reflection and I've been teaching there the last couple of days. And I had one of those moments yesterday morning, I was about to go up and um, I lent in to my darling wife um, to chat with her. And, uh, and as we chatted, Laura, in her loving way, turned around to me and said, your breath is stinking. <laughs> and the good thing about the marriage course is that it prepares you for moments like this, right? And so uh, <laughs> this is my encouragement to you. The marriage course allows you to journey what feels like sensitive moments like this sensibly and together, even for sensitive souls like me who that crushed in that moment. The marriage course is incredible. Please, if you're thinking about it, please get involved with it um, and, and get stuck into it. But for the reason why I'm saying it, we, we desire to invest. And even with our teaching series, I want to just explain just briefly. I met with the life group leaders on Wednesday night and poured it down and explained to them just the structure of what we're trying to do in this season and, and our teaching and the things that we believe that the Lord is trying to lead us on, we, we want to teach and allow our learning to be as holistic as possible, right? The last thing that we are saying is that we're naive enough to think that if you just come on a Sunday morning and you listen to a series about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that this means that then now you will totally be spirit-filled people and suddenly fully alive with it. We hope that that will lead to a massive part of it, yes. But the way that we're going to try and balance this and allow you to step further, further into an increased understanding of the Holy Spirit and His availability to you is through things like we, we want to surround that with life groups. We encourage you to get signed up to a life group for this season. Uh, this is a uh, front cover of our life group guide just in this season that's flowing along with the new theme of Empowered still. Uh, and in this, we're allowing spaces for you to discover and to discuss together, to unpack the truth of this together with friends and, and groups, to be able to, to chat together and, have an and to help one another to identify what are the gifts that God's placed in your life. Because I'm going to talk a little bit about this this morning, but if we're being honest, sometimes it can be the hardest part to try and identify for some people that for themselves. And sometimes when we do that in relationship with other people that we trust, Sometimes we can safely and easily call those things out upon one another. So we're going to be doing that in life group and really pressing into it. But around that as well, so we'll have our teaching on Sunday mornings. We'll unpack it further within life groups. One of the other nights, and this sorry feels like another announcement, but three dates for this. These are nights which we're calling labs. Scripturally, we see this from, from the New Testament, um, from the book of Acts particularly. 
that for the, for the things of the Spirit to be released, one of the things that happened was that as the leaders of the church got around and by the laying on of hands, there was a release of a fresh move of the Holy Spirit amongst the church in those days. And what we desire through these nights that we're calling labs is that these would be moments just not for further teaching, it might be a brief reflection of what we've looked at. But in each of these dates, you'll see there's two Sunday nights and there's one Wednesday night as well where we're parking life groups for a night. What we'll do on these nights is that we will look at maybe three to four of the gifts specifically. And on that night, we will pray by the laying on of hands. We'll be praying for a release and an activation of the gifts amongst us. Because we believe that this is more than just a nice story to tickle our ears or something to reflect back at, something that happened in history. We believe that we are the church of Jesus Christ those that are called to be filled by his spirit and moving by his spirit. And so on these nights, we just want to gather you. We want to pray for you. We want to activate and release what we believe the Holy Spirit desires to do in this season and at this moment. So those dates, please get them in your diary, could you? Please treat these as important. And in this series, this is all I'm saying. This is how we want the journey. So we want to move forward together in these moments. Last week... Phil, um, Phil looked at this key verse in Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared in advance for us to do. And what we're saying in this and the reality and the truth of this is that there is a God design and a purpose upon each of our lives. I'm going to explain this to, this morning in two different ways, but generally there is, a, there is a God purpose and design upon all of our lives as the church but today I need you to hear the truth of this over and over and over and over again. God has a unique call for your life, individually you. Yes, there is a purpose that is general for us as believers and as those that are part of the church of Jesus Christ. But for each person that is here this morning that is saved, is in relationship with Jesus, you need to know and hear the truth of it over and over and over again. There is a call upon your life. There's a purpose for your life. And today we want to look at this and explore this together. In Genesis 1 and 2, Rick uh, introduced there about the, the Bible reading plans. And it's one of the things we've loved. Like we've been doing this now with our kids. That's the beauty of only doing one chapter a day. And each of the days we're now in Genesis, what is it, the 12th. So last night we were in Genesis 13. We were exploring this together. And it's been class just going through, just allowing us just to sit and read and reflect on this together. It's led to some really interesting moments where you can see Josiah's mind and the, the little glint in his eye. Like the other night when he read the story about Sarah, Pharaoh taking Sarah. And I could see his mind working overload in, in my head. I'm thinking, oh no, all the questions are about to come that goes along with this. But it's amazing. And the reason why this is great is because we've been able to, to name this and to be able to say, guys, this is our story. This is your story. This is where we all stem from. Last night, we had this amazing conversation. I, can't remember, I think it was Rose that asked this question. She said, Daddy, what does it mean by ancestors and descendants? We began to talk about this idea of being descended, and we reflected back, and this is why we were able to say, guys, this is ours. We were descended from these people. These are, this, is our, this is your story. This is for you to own. This is for you to take hold of. And as we looked at this really specifically, this is why we need to understand that while there's a, there's a general call that we look at at the church, this is your story. 
even as we look back, and this is where we see in the book of Genesis, Genesis one and two, or Genesis chapter one, verses twenty-six and twenty-seven, it talks about that we are made in the image of God, and God says this: "Let us make mankind in our image. Let us make them male and female in our image." We use this phrase, "image bearers." We are those created in the image of God, and then God goes on to say this. Um, in first, well, actually, I'll come to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But he goes on to talk about the specific design. This word, let me just reflect on this that's underlined on the, on the screen, handiwork. This is a, it's a, it's a Latin word, and it's this, poema. It means piece of art, masterpiece. We are those that are called by God. We are created as his masterpiece, the pinnacle of his creation. This for mankind, for human, this is how God created us to be. We need to remind ourselves we are not a mistake. We are formed by a creator who loves us. We are formed and created with purpose. In fact, God actually, I love this verse. I was reading this during the week. I love this verse in Jeremiah. God says this to Jeremiah because he wants to reinforce this to him. But he just doesn't speak it to Jeremiah. He speaks it to us to all those he created. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Let that wash over you right now. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. There is a God design and purpose. I'll say this over and over and over again. There's a God design and purpose upon your life. Your life counts. Your life is significant. Your life is filled with worth and potential that has been placed in you by a creator God and a father who loves you. And in this season, what we're calling one another to help one another to step into is a process of discovery. Who am I? Who has God created me to be? And as we do that, I'll reflect on that a little bit more as we go into it. As we begin to discover who God has created us to be and what he has placed in our lives, this is the main question I want to ask this morning. What are you going to do with what you've been given? What are you going to do with those things that God has placed in your life, entrusted to you? To do this and to explore this, I want you to turn in your Bibles if you have it with you. We're going to look at this in the screens as well, but it's the parable of the talents, Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read this. It's a bit of a lengthier passage, our passage. so um, stay with me as we read this. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30, Jesus is telling this parable as a reflection about the kingdom of heaven, what the kingdom of heaven is like. And in verse 14, he goes on to say this in Matthew 25, again, so he's already given an example of the kingdom of heaven in previous, uh, earlier in the chapter, but he says this, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five baskets of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you 
give me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. And I love this line, let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you give me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest in it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Holy Spirit, speak to us, please, as we just unpack this just for these few minutes. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a word that I just want to just reference here. You don't really read it in Scripture, but the Bible reflects and points to it all the time. And the word that this parable speaks of massively to us, and this is what I want to remind you. So at this beginning, I'm saying you have been created with purpose. But one of the things that we need to take responsibility for is this word, Oh, sorry, I didn't put up the last part of that for you. No one told me. Uh, stewardship, here we go. So you see this word stewardship. The dictionary definition of stewardship is this. The job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization or property. We've all been entrusted by much from God. We've been entrusted with, with our time, with our abilities, with your possessions, all these different things that God has entrusted to you. But yet in this, God entrusts it to us to be able to steward to take care of, to have responsibility. We're supervising this for our Father. The immature thought of stewarding and being a trustless brings us back again to the opening pages of Scripture. This is where we've been reflecting again on our Bible plan. And in this, we see about the created image. This is where I was getting to earlier. I got ahead of myself. We've been created in the image of God. And in the image of God, as he created us, so in, verse, or in 26 and 27, it says we're created in his image, but yet verse 28 this is what God speaks over all of mankind. So I'm saying this to Rose and just said, don't just read this like it's, a, it's our story. This is where he came from. This is what he spoke over our family. This is what he spoke over us at the very beginning. And in verse 28, it says this, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion. This word dominion, it's a Hebrew word. The Hebrew word for it is this word, rada. And it means to rule or to reign. One Hebrew scholar actually took it a step further and he says this is the fullness and the essence of what this means. It means to actively partner with God in taking the world somewhere. This was the call that was upon all of mankind that he had created to partner with God, co-partners in, in taking the world somewhere. John Mark Comer, who's one of my favorite theologians at the minute, he says this, um, think about it. 
God could have made humans from the dust like he did with Adam, but instead he chose to work through marriage and family. He could have made food fall from the sky like he did with the man in the Exodus, but instead he chose to work through farming and agriculture and trade. Why? Because God is looking for partners. God created us in his image to co-partner with him, to bring life and beauty and order to this created world that he had made and he had formed. And this is why in Genesis we're, we're directed to this language of we have been called to rule with God and to reign with him. And Paul actually borrows this language. And Paul wants the church in Rome to get it so much that he repeats it to them. And this is why this morning I believe by the Holy Spirit he wants us afresh to grasp it. And so I'm repeating it to you. Paul says this to the church in Rome. He says, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's uh, abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness, listen to this, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Paul borrows the language from Genesis. Rather, we've been called to rule and to reign, this is what it always was. This was our family story back at the very beginning. This is what was spoken over our family. Our family. This is what was spoken over us to rule and to reign. And Paul reminds the church now that those who are redeemed and restored. Guys, this is where redemption is much more than just a ticket to heaven. As great and as amazing as that is going to be one day when we stand before Jesus. But it tells us actually that it's about what we do now in life. Your life counts and the purpose of life is that now, once again, we are those that are called to rule and to reign in life with him, co-partnering with him. This is the general call upon all of humanity. This is what we remind ourselves once again. And yet, and yet for all of us, well, that's general for all of us. This is where we need to grapple with. Well, that's an amazing truth in itself to step into, to take responsibility, to co-partner with God. You need to know that for you in your life, there's an individual unique call for you specifically. There's a purpose for you specifically. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future. We've just read that in Ephesians 2 verse 10 where God's uh, masterpiece but, but created in Christ to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do and to walk and to step into. God has plans for your life, and this is today what we want to glimpse at. This is the truth that you need to hold. For some people in the room, specifically this morning, I feel that we just gathered as elders just before, and I was saying that we were praying over a few different things just before the service began, and just as we were finishing, I just had felt the Spirit drop this. I know that there's... There's different things that have happened to us lately, but I feel that one of the things in Isaiah says that he's given us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And I feel that one of the things that is present perhaps in some of the lives this morning is a spirit of heaviness. There's a heaviness over your life around who you are. I feel that perhaps there's an emptiness and one of the, how you identify yourself in terms of what you believe God has called you to be. You feel a sense of emptiness and this is the truth you need to hold on to. God has placed purpose and destiny upon your life. Your life counts massively. Your life counts. From the parable of the talents in these last 10 minutes, let me just briefly, three points from it. This is what Jesus teaches us. Everyone is entrusted with something. 
There wasn't any of the servants. There were, even the guy who had one bag, if it had been me, I'd have said, listen, we'll try and uh, sidestep him. Maybe, you know, we'll not invest anything with him just for now. But everyone was entrusted with something. We have a father who's not like a schoolmaster who's hoping to try and prove us wrong or to catch us out. He wants to entrust us so that we can actually step into this and grow. And owning what you have is important as we see the understanding of this. A talent spoke about it was a money value. The difficulty with this is because of our understanding of talent is this, right? Britain's got talent. This is our understanding. People with special ability and gifts. And we will talk a little bit about that this morning. But in Jesus, what he was doing, he was borrowing from culture and understanding this word talent is what you see in the screen. A talent was the largest unit of currency equivalent to 20 years of income at minimum wage. It was a huge amount of money, right? This is what a talent spoke of. And so when he tells the story about a guy getting five, five bags of silver, like this, this is huge. People understood this as, as Jesus was speaking to them, and he uses this metric to bring out this understanding of what he was speaking about. Without looking at the amounts, again, the crucial truth that we need to hold from this, that Jesus wants us to take from this, is that everybody is entrusted. He trusts you. You know that this is the very basic understanding of the invitation that has been spoken over you in terms of your discipleship when he says, follow me. This is what it simply means. I trust you. I trust you. And today I need you to hear the Spirit speak that into your soul because today for some people you need to begin to trust yourself. You need to be able to trust what God desires to do in your life. A contributing factor to not owning this is that we have an enemy who would sow lies into your life and would say things like that you're useless. You have nothing to offer. You have no abilities. And yet the truth, the master in the story reminds us this. He gives us all something. Everyone gets something. But again, we need to ask the question that's crucial with us. What do you do with what you've been given? I can repeat it over and over and over and over again. You've all got something. We're going to reflect on that at the end. And in life groups this week, this is where we want to get together as friends and help one another and discuss this openly. These are some of the things that I believe God's placed in my life. This is the way that I believe that God has made me. This is how I feel that he's gifted me. These are some of the ways that I feel that he's blessed me in my life. We want to be able to share that. But what do you do with what you've been given? Because you see, at the end of the parable, we read this. He who has little, even what he has will be taken and given back to he who had much. Not because he had less. This isn't the performance kingdom, but it's simply he didn't have the faith to step out and to own what he had. He didn't have the courage or the confidence to understand how God had blessed him. This story, it also tells us just about this one truth as well. Authority and influence are both connected to stewardship. I hear people all the time use language, oh, I would love to grow in authority. <laughs> I love to grow in authority in that area of my life. And it doesn't just fall out of the sky. It just doesn't happen. You need to ask yourself, what has he already gifted me with? How am I faithfully stewarding what I already carry rather than just simply looking for the more? It's the Father's choice in terms of will he give you more? And the way that he looks to see will he trust you with more is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness with what you already carry. How are you using well what God has already placed in your life? This is his call upon us as the church of Jesus Christ, not just in these days, but it always has been part of our story. How are we using well what he has gifted? And I trust it to us. 
in our lives. And with this, we grow with authority. But here's, just for these last couple of points, just briefly. Here's how we don't step, step into this. One of the reasons, and I was, I was speaking, I don't have this on the screen, but I was speaking with um, the counselors yesterday in Connections Training, and I was saying that, you know, for you in your life, one of the reasons that stops you stepping into this is that you simply don't believe it over yourself. You've believed a lie. You've believed a different narrative about your identity. Often it's words that other people have spoken over you. And you've settled for a lesser identity and purpose over your life because you've believed the lies that have been spoken. You've believed the lies even over your own life. Jesus said this. He said, um, in, in terms of the greatest commandment, one of the scribes trying to trick him, he says, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You love your neighbor what, as you love yourself. I know that we could probably name a lot of people who really love themselves, right? We say that in a negative sense. But yet when we talk about that, what it is to genuinely love yourself, to genuinely love yourself and to see purpose upon your life that God has placed upon your life, that is a God-given quality. To truly love yourself like God loves you, to agape, love yourself sacrificially and to see yourself in the way the Father sees you and see yourself through the eyes of the Father, to love yourself in that way as a gift, to be able to step into. But one of the things that holds us back from stepping into our call is because for many of us, we don't believe we have any. And one of the other things that stops us is simply this word, comparison. We compare what we have. The thing I love from this story, the guy with two bags of silver wasn't sitting looking and saying, well, why does he have five? Why, why did he get, why, is there something about me? Is there something wrong? He didn't trust me with five. What? What's going on? It didn't stop him. He faithfully went to work with what he had. He was thankful for what the master had trusted him with in his life. And as he went to work, this is as he returns, he says, well done, you good and faithful servant. And both of them get the same response. Well done for your faithfulness. And then they both get invited into, let's celebrate together. As they enjoy this relationship with the master, part of the thing that steals our joy in these moments in our lives is comparison. Paul says this to the church in Galatians, don't compare yourself with others. Just look at your own work to see if you've done anything to be proud of. John Thompson in this quote uh, in, in his book, he says, the gifts um, will also have different strengths or effectiveness. And that is not up to us, but the one who gives them. We will only find joy when we are okay with what he has chosen to do in us. He knows us better than ourselves. Don't waste your life second-guessing God. Put yourself completely at his disposal. In the parable of the talents, the master didn't compare the amount entrusted to or even the results of his servants. He declared goodness and faithfulness based entirely on what each servant had accomplished with what was entrusted to them. Comparisons are not on God's agenda, and it is a waste of valuable kingdom resources to pursue achievement that will ultimately burn away at the end. And at this moment, this is where I want just simply to reflect. Life groups are going to help one another to reflect on this. What has he given you? What are you thankful for in your life that he's given you, that he's entrusted to you? And then to ask a question, what are you doing with what he's given you? How are you using the God-placed purpose and identity in your life 
to live for him in these days and to see love and life come alive for other people. Finally, final point is simply this. All of us are going to have to give an account. The master is coming back. We, Rex, reflecting on this at the beginning of the service. For any of us, we don't know when our time to stand before the Lord will be. But one day we will stand before him and we'll give an account. We'll give an account of how we've used our lives. We'll give an account of what this has meant for us. After a long time, it said their master returned from his trip and he called them to give an account of how they'd used his money. Brennan Manning describes this last servant like this. He says, um, he or she limps through life on childhood memories of Sunday school and resolutely refuses the challenge of growth and spiritual maturity. Unwilling to take risks, the person loses the talent entrusted to him or to her. The master wanted his servant to take risks. He wanted them to gamble with his money. And it simply says this, use it or lose it. And that's as basic an understanding in the kingdom language for what God has given you. Today, I want you to hear the Father speak to you truthfully and with purpose again to say, you have You've received from me. You have abilities. You have gifts. You have, you have provision in your life. I have gifted you so much. I need you to see the person that I've called you to be, who I'm shaping you and how I'm shaping you and how I have shaped you. And I need you to hear this as well. I need you to even hear what he's saying. This is what I'm placing and calling in your life in this season. This is the new that I'm calling out in your life. In this season in 2024, this is part of the purpose and the plans that I have for you in this stage and this moment of your life. It doesn't have to be a repeat and a, and a re going over once again of everything that has just happened before. But in this moment, this is what I'm speaking over you. And as we, as we open ourselves, this is where we just return to this question. What will you do with what you have been given? I don't know what God has placed in your heart. I don't know what God has placed in your life. There's only one person who can truthfully answer that question, and it's you. And my encouragement, and this is my prayer just as we finish, that you would go on a journey of discovering this with a Father who loves you, with a Father who has created purpose in your life, who calls us as his church to partner with him to bring beauty and order to this created world, but yet he has placed unique purposes for you. Plants that he has designed for you. I know you when you're in the womb. Before you were born, I had plans and purposes for you. This is his word to you today. Would you stand with me just as we finish? We're not going to linger. The prayer ministry team are at the front and at the back. The guys are going to come. There's no worship at this point of allowed to release the guys to go. Because we have other gatherings and stuff later today that we need to get involved with. But I would love for you to just stand, could you? And just close your eyes in this moment. And all I'm encouraging you to do is to invite right now by his spirit, God, to speak to you and even begin to whisper to you part of what he has placed in your life. And I want you to ignore the lies 
that might begin to repeat again. Oh, there's nothing. Not me. Pretty pointless. I need you to hear the Father has placed purpose in your life. So right now, by his spirit, would you just allow him to speak? We're going to pick this up in life groups. Journey it together as friends. But right now, just allow him to speak with you. What has he given you? Speak to us now, Holy Spirit, in this short time just of stillness and silence. Speak to us. Your sons, your daughters are listening, Father. Father, I thank you for everything that you've entrusted to us in our lives. Everything that you've granted to us to be able to steward well for you. Our possessions, our abilities, opportunities, time, circumstances. And Father, I just pray that we would be a people in these days, God, where the one thing that would be the driving force in our life is to please you, our Father to live our lives for you, to live a life, God, that is surrendered to you, of purpose for you, God, that one day when we stand before you, we will hear the well done, good and faithful servant. Let's celebrate together. God, I pray, Lord, that when I stand before you, I pray for all of us, God, that we'll hear that well done, good and faithful servant. And God, I thank you, God, that as we take this further, you have stuff to teach us about what you need to deposit and you desire to deposit even in the gifts of the Spirit in our lives. But God, we start now by asking this. Thank you for what you've already given to us. Thank you for what you've already entrusted to us. And God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would lead us into truth. I pray that by your Spirit you'll speak to us, God, even throughout the rest of this day, even as we put our heads on our pillows tonight. I pray that you would give us dreams in the night. You would give us words, God, Lord, that you would speak to us. And allow us to know and understand, God, what is it that you say? Because this is the truth that we want to speak and hold to. I am who you say I am. So would you speak, Lord, and lead us in these days, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, we have prayer ministry at the front. I should say this. Listen, we want to pray for anything, any circumstance in your life. If there's measures of healing or anything, particularly into this, if you would love prayer, even around identity and the things that God is calling, we'd love to pray for you this morning. But God bless you this week and all that you're doing. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.